Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. We're continuing our series that we started again uh, in marriage and again in every relationship and it's called His Needs, Her Needs. His Needs, Her Needs. Wait a second, Jeff. Oh boy. I got all this stuff here and you just leave it and then you get the title wrong. It's he says, she says. Oh, okay. (laughs) How do you do this every week without me? Oh boy. Good morning, everybody. It's Super Bowl Sunday. All of you look so good out there in your sports attire. You look so good. I guess you just wanted to greet everybody today, so are you done? Yeah, well, you just came out here. You left me back there with all the stuff and all the props, and I was like, okay, where's he at? (laughs) But anyway. Gone. (laughs) He's gone. He left. He's, He's scared of what I might say, everybody. He's getting a little scared. But anyway, it's Super Bowl Sunday. We are so glad. And Jeff, we have our jerseys on today. Yes, we do. We don't have anything on the front because I wanted it to be a surprise for everybody. Yep. Because we have picked our game, our team that we think is going to win. Mm-hmm. Well, so will you turn around and show everybody our team? Team Dolls! Woohoo! It's got the number two on there. So what do you guys think I have? <laughs> I knew you'd think that. But no, I have number five. And somebody's like, what are you doing? But this is the thing. I didn't want to put number one and number two, and then afterwards everybody goes say, hey, that was thing one and thing two up there today. But you know who number one is. (laughs) 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 That's right. Team Rhonda back there. But anyway, so you remember, I just, you know, I was thinking about the numbers, and we chose two for you because when you were younger and played in sports, you were always number two. Number two, yep. And then, Jeff, you remember that one time that I played softball? Well, yep, on the I do remember team? that one, one time. time. That's number five. I was number five one time. Yep. So it's just awesome. Anyway, we just, we're so glad you guys are here. And today I'm excited because I get to share with you a little bit about Jeff. All right? I don't know how excited I am about it. Here's the thing about Jeff and watching sports, which football, I think I can say, is probably your favorite sport to watch. Mm -hmm. Jeff gets into the game. I mean, he gets into the game. When the quarterback goes to throw the ball, he's rising up from his seat trying to catch the ball, you know? (laughs) And when when, uh, somebody's getting tackled, he's ducking and he's, uh, you know, darting this way. And you think I'm kidding, but it is so funny to watch him. I've tried to get it on video, but every time I get my camera out, he, he, he sees it in the corners of his eye, and he'll, he'll stop. But there's something else that I noticed. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks, you know, the Georgia Bulldogs played Alabama, and we won. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was on a Monday night, I do believe. Yep. And we was in the 21 days of prayer and fasting. Mm-hmm. So Jeff turned the game off at halftime, which I was just shocked. That's because we, of how much I love you out there. That's right. How much I love you. So we, he turned that game off and um, so he could be prepared. He wanted to get to sleep. So the next day we got up, it was a surprise. And we were like, woo, we did it. We won. And we were so excited. And that day he watched all the highlights of everything that happened in that second half. And he was, uh, 
I was like, yeah, it's great. You know, he didn't get to watch it. But then about two days later, you said you wanted to watch the second half. I wanted half. to see it, yes. He wanted to see the whole thing. But this is what I realized when he started watching that, because he knew the results. There wasn't so much ducking and dodging <laughs> and jumping and all that. So it, was ha- it wasn't half as exciting it for you then, was it? <laughs> it wasn't exciting at all. And I got to thinking about why was that? And I was thinking, you know, it's because you knew what was going to happen. You knew what was coming because you had watched all the highlights of it and you, you saw all of that. And um, so today, you know, in talking about marriage, what we want to try to do today is we want to try to be transparent, and we just want to show you the highlights of our marriage so you can be prepared, and you won't have to be like Jeff when he's surprised and he's ducking and, and, and darting and all that. You can be calm. You can say, hey, we've been taught this, and we know what to do, and we know how to handle this. How, how do you see all that with your eyes closed? Because uh, <laughs> usually when I'm watching football, she's like this. Yeah. Most of the time, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we want to tell you this about uh, marriage is this, is that marriage is not about survival or arrival. It's not just about, you know, we got to survive this. And it's not about arriving to a certain place. I think that that's what we think a lot of times is that it's about arriving somewhere. When we get there, we're going to be happy. When we get there, no, no, no. It's not about that at all. Matter of fact, I would say that marriage is about this. Marriage is about fulfilling what I would call a forever commitment of doing life together. That's what marriage is. It's fulfilling this commitment of doing life together. And today we're going to begin to share with you some things about that. Is how we're going to, what we're going to do is we basically have taken our lives and said, okay, here's everything we did wrong. Don't do this. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and so we're going to be really real with you today. But before we do, let's look at what the scripture says. Paul says this in Philippians uh, 3 and uh, 13. Look what he says. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So what we want to say is this, before I say anything else, what we want to talk about today is not your past. So listen, every time we start talking about marriage, people start having this guilt. Oh, if we would have done this, if I would have, no, you can't do anything about your past. God cannot even change your past. So let's, we're not talk, we want to speak to your future. So we're from wherever you are now going forward, we want to talk about. So here's the goal. The goal of marriage is this and goal of relationships is this. The goal is this. The goal is forward progress. So I want to ask you, I'm going to say, what's the goal? And you're going to say forward progress. So let's try it. You ready? What's the goal, everybody? Forward progress. What's the goal, everybody? Forward progress. Forward progress, right. You know why? Because, Rhonda, what I've learned is this, is watching football, a guy can catch a pass, and he'll, be, he'll, he'll catch the pass, and, a, and the defender will hit him and knock him back 10 yards. He's getting up 10 yards back from where he caught the pass. But they don't mark his yardage where he gets up from. They mark his yardage where his forward progress was. And so that's the way it is in relationships. Many times it feels like we get knocked backward. But remember, we got the ball and we're just going forward, just making forward progress. We just want to keep moving in the right direction. Amen, everybody? So it's not about this big achieving. Right. So our title today is How to Make Forward Progress in My Marriage. And so the first one we got there is Set a Daily Time to Huddle. 
We got to set a daily time to huddle. Now, I've noticed this in the football games. There's a lot of communication going on. Mm -hmm. You know, from the booths up there, they're calling plays down to the sideline, and then from sideline to the quarterback. And then what's the quarterback? Most, the majority of the time, he'll gather all the players together and they'll have a huddle to discuss the play that's going to happen, right? Because if they don't have that discussion, there's not going to be any forward progress. The play is not going to go the way it should go. But they have to keep that communication going. And you know it's a struggle. And you know why it's a struggle and a strain? Because there's somebody else on the, you told me about it's on the team. It's the 12th man. I'm just so impressed that oh, I didn't no. realize you know all this. I know it. You think, so you think I'm sleeping. Yes, I I'm do. I'm really paying attention. <laughs> but there's a 12th man you've told me about. Right. And that's the fans. And they're yelling and they're screaming, trying to stop that communication, right? Defense, because they yeah. know if that team gets that communication right, they might not can stop them. So they're constantly, the 12th man is always trying to scream and to, to uh, disrupt the plays. Right. And in the verse, what it, you know, they're straining forward. So in the verse, Philippians 3 and 13, it says, straining towards what is ahead. Mm -hmm. And that's what we have to do in our marriage as well. There's always going to be a fight to have communication yep. in our marriage. But the thing is, is if we don't have a daily time to huddle together, that play is not going to happen. Right. It's going to be, it's going to be broken down and our marriage can be broken down. Because I think we as well have a 12th man. And I think that 12th man is busyness. Do you guys agree that... Life goes on. We get busy with things, uh, and we get scrolling on social media. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's a busyness. Our kids are in all these different events. It's busyness. Every time we turn around, somebody's trying to get our attention. And if we don't take time, if we don't make time for ourselves to have a daily huddle in our marriage, our communication will break down, and we won't make this forward progress that we're talking about today. So a verse that I have here is Proverbs 13 and 17. It says this, an unreliable messenger can cause lots of trouble. That 12th man can cause lots of trouble. But reliable communication between you and I permits progress. Yep. So we have to choose a time to be together, to disconnect from everything else and to talk. Yep. And we, you know, and through our life, Jeff, um, you know, we it, jacked this up. We, we just didn't do we this. We did. We messed it up in the very beginning. In the very beginning, there was hardly any communication going on. And because we just, we got busy with life. And you was pretty much a workaholic. You would leave at 8. I'd see you at 1030. You know, we had a son that was one year, he was one years old. He, mm. And he's turning 30 this year, Jeff. Wow. Wow. Can you believe that? No, I can't. I can't. Even, I don't know how they get older and we don't. No, we don't. I just don't understand that. He's going to be 30 years old. But he was small, and I would try to keep him up that late so he could have some time with his dad, and then trying to get him down. And then it was there was no communication with us because by that time we were both so tired, yeah. we were just falling in, uh, to sleep ourselves. But we had a wake up call, yep. and we decided, you know, this is wrong. Mm -hmm. We can't do this. And in the very beginning, what our daily huddle looked like is we would try to get our kids into bed by nine o'clock and we would spend from nine to ten together yeah and let me say that that didn't happen that probably took us 10 years to get to that point yeah or even maybe a little longer yeah is it now i hope our marriage lasts longer than this little field goal right uh -oh. here starting to fall over so anyway yeah oh i see when i plopped it down yeah the, the come thing come out yeah so it's deflating right here so we'll get one of our stage hands to come get this off of here <laughs> Because yes. that's, that's killing me right yeah, now. That, yeah. You guys are watching that. Yeah. It's like, Hell. I was like, yeah, this is. And this is the way your marriage goes. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah. Oh, no, did 
all the way down now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry like, about that. Man, talk about a deflating message. We got it. <laughs> but you know, for ten, so for for the first ten years or better, it didn't work out. Yeah. And uh, there we go. Thank you so much. <laughs> he saved our message. Thank yes. you. So I just want to, so the communication thing is what we messed up on. And we didn't have any, right. and we had a lot, a lot of um, problems because right. of that. But, you know, we started there. We started that hour at night. Yep. And then, you know, what we discovered, what works for us is taking walks together. Yep. Because we disconnect there, and we actually talk. And I'm going to tell you, through this whole COVID stuff, when we're all stuck at home, we would get out in our cars. Yep. And we would drive. And we decided we like that. Yeah, we have drive right. time. We turn off the radio and we talk. And we still do that now. Yeah. We'll so when we've met each other, we take our cars. <laughs> <laughs> if you see us together, we're talking. Huh? <laughs> so you go, you're an ugly man. But anyway, it's just so important. Uh, we have to have, the point is this, we have to have daily communication. If we don't, guys, this marriage thing is not going to work. Right. And so it's so important that I have a next step for you. If you'll just take your card and look at that, it says, I will pick a time and place daily to huddle with my spouse. So let's do that. Let's be dead. Check that box and let's make a time. Let's pick yes. a time. And so that is, that is crucial. We can't overemphasize that you've got to communicate, everybody. You have to communicate. You have to talk and have those times. And so uh, the second thing we want to share with you, because, oh, before we go, remember, remember what the goal is. What is the goal? Forward progress. Oh, you almost forgot. What is the goal? Forward progress. Forward progress. We want to move the ball forward. Communication helps us do that. The second thing is this, in order to have forward progress in my marriage, number two is this, is have a playbook for your finances. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, I heard the there moan. Did quiet. you hear that? Yeah, Did they moaned, the moan? and That's then right. I was like, oh, That's right. That's the way quiet. I moaned, too. Look at, the, look at the passage again, the scripture, Philippians uh, 3 and 14. Look what this phrase says. He says this, I press on toward the goal. In other words, we have to have a plan. There's something that we're doing. And, and today we're going to watch the Super Bowl. And as we watch the Super Bowl, you'll look on the sideline and you will see a coach that looks like a coach in this picture right here. He's holding a play sheet. See the piece of paper in his hand? He's got all these play sheets that he's going to call. There's a, he's got all these options to him, but it's on paper. And one of the things that we didn't have, Ron, is that we didn't have a plan for our finances. Right. And so the plan that we had was this, is that, you know, uh, you know, my dad was always preaching to me, son, tithe, you got to tithe. I'll, ca I'll call dad probably this afternoon. And the first one thing he's going to say, now, son, make sure you pay your tithe. I'm like, dad, I've been paying my tithe for four, 35 years, okay? You know, but anyways, and your parents said that, and that, right. was the, that was the advice we got. But one of the things, the bad thing that I picked up from my father was this, is that my dad's philosophy was, was that you go buy something and then you figure out how to pay for it. So now you always pay your bills, you always pay your bills, but go buy what you want and figure out how to pay for it. So that meant I had to work a lot. And so I worked a lot. You know, we did, I did a lot of extra jobs, that, which created a lot of problems as well. But, you know, we would go buy something. I had to figure out how I was going to pay for it. And so that's a bad way to live, everybody. That's not the right way to live is that, you, you know, you, you save it up and then you pay for it before you go do all of that. And so we didn't do that. So that caused money fights. And money fights are ugly. Matter of fact, you know, you see this lady right here. Rhonda is one of the, she's one of the nicest people I know. She's one of the best people I've ever met in my life. Still, after 34 years of marriage, she's still one of the best people I know. Yeah. Oh, no, don't clap because I'm about to tell you the bad part. No, keep clapping. Keep clapping. 
But when we started, when we started having money fights, she got vicious. That's right. Because what would happen was I would go out and get all the Dewey's extra jobs and I'd say, okay, well, I want to go get this. And she'd say, well, we don't have the money. And you know what? I'm like, oh, we don't have the money. What you we do? You're skimming the money. Yeah. Well, you're stealing from us. That's yeah. what you're doing. Tell me to, you know, and I would begin to say that. And that right now, as I say it, I can see her eyes are starting to twitch right now. <laughs> But as I said that, man, she'd get mad. And back in the day, you had a checkbook, and she'd just throw it at me and say, you do it. That's right. And I'd say, I'll be glad to do it because you're so messing it up. And how long did that last? It didn't last about 10 seconds. I'd say, here you go. (laughs) And so I'd pass it back to her. But that was a cycle that was in. It It was the crazy cycle because that's what was happening. And then I remember the day. I never will forget this day. We went, we bought our house here in Henry County. We've been the pastor of this church for two years. And so it cost us more to close the house than we thought. Yeah. And we ended up with $150 in our checking account. That was it. Right. And so we thought, we're broke. We were busted and we were so disgusted. And not only with not only life, but at each other as well. Like, how do we do this? And so from that point, that's when you uh, found a curriculum to help us begin to get on a budget. And you know what happened to everybody? is that we got on a, Rhonda went down and wrote down everything that we owed, every, where all our money was going to. I was shocked. I had no idea that it took that much money to live. I had no idea because I thought, you know, hey, I know what's coming in, but she's skimming some of this money. <laughs> but once it got on paper and I could see it, then we could get on the same page. And once she did that, once it, my eyes were open, and that's what a budget does for you. It gets you on the same page because many of you are living with someone right now that has no clue how much money it takes to run your house. They don't know. And so they can't help you with what they don't know. So putting it on paper brought my eyes open. And when that happened, when that happened, we both, it was a contract. We both signed that like it was a, a legal document. We that's said, right. okay. We, I said, I'm going to live by this. You're going to live by it? She said, I sure will. She signed it. We little ticked at each other, but we started living by that budget. Right. And all of a sudden, things began to turn around because we had a piece of paper that said, okay, this is what we're going to do. And then we went through financial peace as well, and we began to live like no one else so we could live like no one else, right. and it changed our life. What I want to tell you is this, is that this next verse that says this, in uh, Proverbs 21, look what he says. He says, good planning and what, everybody? And hard work will lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. I'm going to tell you something. I've never had a problem with hard work. I've always been a hard worker. And, uh, and you know, I, I'm, a, I'm that driven person. But let me, if you don't have a plan for your money, it doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter how much money, money, money you get if you don't know what to do with it. It'll leave you. Listen, we, I would make more and more money, but it, it wasn't answering our problem. We were still spending it, and it was still getting away from us. So more money wasn't the problem. A budget was the answer. See, getting, once we had a plan for it, so what I'm trying to tell you is that it's not necessarily that you need more money. It's that you need a plan for the money you have right now. Yeah. Right. And we didn't have that plan. And the more we made, the more it just seemed to go away. But the moment that we got that budget, Couples come to me and they say, well, we're just not on the same page with our money. He's da-da-da, and she's da-da-da, and we're just not on the same page. You know what my answer to that is? Show me the page. If you can't show me the page, you're never going to be on the same page. You say, well, well, I got it right here. No, you don't. You don't have a plan right there. 
If it's only right here, then you know you don't have it. You've got to put it on paper. And so that's why we're offering financial peace again through this marriage series because we know that some of you are never going to have harmony in your home until you have harmony in your money. And when you got money, you got a good honey. <laughs> That's so original. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just makes harmony. And there's, it's amazing how much peace when you can have when you can buy a pizza. <laughs> Amen? You don't have to worry about, okay, what are we going to do? No, 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 you've got, it's okay. So I want to challenge you right now. Listen, if you're sitting here, we're going to offer this one more time on your connection card. Why don't you sign up for financial peace? Why don't you go, why don't you make a decision that will change your life forever? And not only will it change your life, it'll change your children's life forever as well. Change your family tree by signing up for financial peace. So remember everybody, what's the goal? Forward progress. Forward. What's the goal, everybody? Forward progress. We want to move forward. Forward progress. That's all we're trying to make today. Right. So how to make forward progress in my marriage. Number three is make a game schedule to date. Make a game schedule to date. Mm -hmm. So, Jeff, I took that verse that you were, that phrase from the verse that you just talked about, and I added this. I press toward the goal to win. That's what he said. The goal to win. So this is what I know about the football team, that their schedule is made in the very begin beginning, yep. before the season starts. That's right. You know, before the season starts, they know who they're going to play, when, where, and all that. Right? Mm -hmm. And you know what else I know about you? Is that when they put out the college schedule, oh, my goodness. He goes into, oh, it's just stacked against them this year. But I don't even understand all that. But anyway, he's like, I can't believe they, they're putting them in like this. I don't know what's going on. But this is what I know is that there's a schedule though, right? You listen and, too much. <laughs> and in order for them to win a game, there has to be a game scheduled for them to go to play, That's right? Right? Yep. right. So with us though, it is very, very important for us to make a schedule too to date. It doesn't just happen. You know, sometimes everybody's like, I'm not going to put a time on my calendar for a date. You know, it'll just, whenever we have time, we'll right. do that. But here's the thing is you never have time. And if you don't put it on your schedule, if you don't make a game plan and put a schedule out there, then it's not going to happen. And so we learned this, you know, in counseling as well. Yep. Uh, we had uh, some friends of ours that had a moral failure in their marriage. And you said, you know, we wanted to go and check out ours. And we went to the counselor and he told us that um, we needed, he, everything looked good at that time. Mm -hmm. Hasn't always looked good. Because we had already been to right. counseling before this then. Is, we just went back. Right. We went back. Yeah. And he said, the one thing I see now is that you guys are not dating each other. That you need to take time to date yep. each other. And so we made that commitment. We did. And one of the, what he found out was is that our lives were all about the children. Is that it was all about taking our children here and there, doing all this. And all of our emphasis was on our children. And so we had none on our marriage. And so he said, what I see, it can lead to destruction, is that if you guys don't change your priorities, because your children are going to need you after they get, they get out of your house. And if you, don't, if you keep on this journey, you're not going to be together. And so that changed everything. And so I just want to say this to you. Listen, your children can't, they're not going to say no. They're going to say, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. And you're the adult. And you have to be the adult and say, no, 
because you got to make sure to protect your marriage. And let me tell you, if you're always scattered everywhere, Ron is going to give you a piece of advice in a moment that my grandmother gave us, and, and uh, it, it will help you a lot. So we started planning those dates, Jeff. Yes, we did. And we, and, uh, you know, I was like, okay, Jeff, you got to plan this date. Yes. She made me plan half of them. But not all of them. Not all of them, but. Half, right? Half, half. That's oh, right. Oh, boy. <laughs> but so uh, it was, I want to tell you about one, and Jeff has uh, mentioned this date before. But I don't think so, Rhonda. Planned... I think I have not told this one. Okay. So he planned a date, and it was it was a surprise. He didn't tell me anything about it, and we went to this nice place to eat, and that was so good. And I was like, oh, this is great, Jeff. You're doing a great job. Yeah. And then he took me to the Alliance Theater, and we was going to watch a show, and I was like, wow, you're doing so Stepped good. Stepped up my game. That's yes. right. That's right. This was great. I got game. Didn't tell me, you know, what was going to play. Yeah, yeah. Didn't tell me any of that. And so we, we were getting out. We parked, and we're getting out of the car, and I noticed, you know, um, Everybody that was getting out was quite a few years older than us. Yeah, especially was, this has been about yeah, 15 been, years, yeah, 12, so 15 years ago. Yeah, about then. And I was like, wow, okay, but that's okay. We're going to the Alliance. We're, we're, we're good. So we get in and we uh, put our ticket. We get our tickets. We sit down and we get in our row. And all of a sudden, I just look in front of me. I look beside me. And I'm like, wow, we are the youngest people here. We was, And I'm like... What's going on, Jeff? What have you done? What have you brought well, me to? And the bad thing was that the, a lot of people who were coming into that had their walker. <laughs> God, they did. They did. And so when, it, when the show began, we figured, I figured it out. It was all about dating after the age of 70. <laughs> a romantic comedy about dating Entering the dating field again after the age. I just saw romantic comedy. 70. I said, hey, that'll be great. Her romance, my comedy, we're good. He doesn't do any research. <laughs> but I have to say it was great because after that, we just laughed and we were laughing and laughing. And it's still one of those that we'll bit, never lose. It was a little bit that. creepy, too. Yeah, that memory. <laughs> That memory will never leave us. <laughs> so that was pretty good. But, you know, we've done other things, too. And, and speaking of financial peace, because we did, we made that commitment that we were going to get out of debt. Yes. And we had that. And so we had, what, $20 a week to go on a date. That's right. Yep. Boy. We, but, you know, we made a way. So what we would do is we would go by Chick-fil-A, we would eat, and then we would go over to Fayetteville to the Dollar Theater, and we'd watch the movies that had been out forever. But we didn't. We haven't seen them. That's right. So, you, hey, it was good. Chick-fil-A, I think, back then, yeah, back, back then, then, you could, like, we'd get the number one for about yeah, $11. There you go. Get in the dollar for, like, a dollar a piece, and then we could have popcorn and a yeah. Coke for about uh, $10 each. Yeah. We did it. That's right, we did Sometimes it. Sometimes we might have pushed it to 21 but most of the time we could stay in it. But, we, but the thing is, is that we had a plan. That's right. We made a plan. We put it on our schedule, and we did that. And I know some of you today might be saying, uh, you know, we can't do that. I have kids, and I would have to, I can't pay for a babysitter and all that. What I would encourage you is to find friends that have kids as well, and you alternate. Yep. Them keeping the kids, you keep the kids, and so you can go out. Make a plan. If you have to go to a park with sandwiches you made at home, you know, yep. make a plan to be together because we so need that. We must date. And hey, we have an event coming up. It's a marriage event on March the 11th. We're calling it a date with Benny Tate. Get that? You, <laughs> Got it. you, you did good. Yeah, that's right. You did good. <laughs> so it is, uh, 
Pastor Benny is going to come and speak to all the couples, and we always have a great time. Yes. So, hey, make that, if you, ha- if you don't have a schedule, put that one on your schedule first. And we're going to have child care for you, so it's going to be a great time. So please come out to that. Let me share a verse before I uh, get past this point here. Romans 12, 9 through 10 says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Honor one another above yourself. When you put somebody on your schedule, you're honoring them. Yes. And we must take time to put us on a schedule. I want to tell now what your grandmother told us. She told us if we would go together, come together, we would stay together. And that's so true. Couples that go together and they come together. Right. We'll stay together. And some people might be feeling, well, you know, there's just no more love between us. Uh, all these things that we're talking about, there's no more love. Yeah, we've been us. there. That's... And we have been there. But I know this is if you'll take the step, the action step, if you'll do the action, the feelings will come. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so that's what, you know, some of those dates that we did, because it was scheduled, we might have been even aggravated each other. And like, oh, why do we, oh, well, it's, no, we're going to go. We committed. We're going. Come on. Yeah. And we would go. But what I can tell you is this, is that because we can st- stay consistent, whether we felt like it or not, the feelings followed. Right. And that's what we want to encourage you to do. Okay, everybody, remember the goal. What's the goal? Forward progress. It's forward progress. And so whether you're married or not right now, I hope you're taking good notes because this can save you. The last thing I want to share with you is this, and this is probably one of the most important ones is this, is how to make forward progress in marriages is forgive the fumbles of your spouse. Forgive the, the fumbles of your spouse. Because we're all going to fumble the ball. You know, look what the Bible says here. I want to read that verse again that Paul gave us. He said, dear brothers and sisters, do not consider my, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Every football player that, that's a receiver or running back or quarterback has fumbled the ball. And when they fumble the ball, what's amazing is after they fumble, the other team gets it, they'll go sit down on the bench and they'll hang their head. But notice all the other players will come over and say, it's okay, come on, it's all right, it'll be all right, you can do this. Why? Because if they keep dwelling on the fumble, then there's no way that they're going to play their best. And if the teammates of that player just dwell on the fumble and say, oh man, come on, we had the game and you fumbled the ball. If they keep doing that, then they're all going to lose. And that's what happens in a family is that when we cannot forgive the fumbles, we all lose. And so today, I just want to challenge, you know, like, I want to tell you this, that forgiveness is not forgetting. There's no way that you can forget what has happened. You just can't forget it. And so forgiveness is a choice to say, I'm not going to dwell on that. That when that thought comes up to me again, I'm going to say, no, I've forgiven that. I'm moving on. See, forgiveness can be made, the choice to forgive can be made in a moment. But the healing takes a while. And so forgiveness is not forgetting. So you say, every time, just because you remember it doesn't mean that you haven't forgiven and that you aren't choosing to forgive because the devil's going to make sure you never forget it. Amen? Because that's what he does to cause tension every time, you know, he wants to do that. Matter of fact, uh, one guy said to me one time, said, Pastor said, every time that my wife and I get in an argument, she gets historical. I was like, what do you, you mean hysterical? He said, no, 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 historical. She brings up everything I've ever done. 
And so you can never move forward in your relationships as long as that happens. Is that you have to, you have to. One of the things that we learned was this, was that revealing your feelings is the beginning of healing. Somebody can never ask you to forgive them of something that they don't know that they've done to you. And that so many times in, in marriage, you know, we live and, and all these little offenses have happened and we don't really know how we've offended our spouse. And so we have to be revealed. And so that takes us now to, to you. Yes, uh, so going back to the first time that we went to uh, counseling, uh, it was just a very hard time for us. And I don't, I don't, I don't know if we could have made, we couldn't have made it without mm-hmm. that. And what was happening was uh, Jeff could be very direct and he wants his way. And he was doing that, but I'm a peacemaker. My natural instinct is to be peace at whatever cost. I just want to make this okay. If that's why you feel okay, you go do that. That's fine. Because I didn't want to make any ripples between us. But through that time of counseling, I learned that... I was just as much at fault as he was because I wasn't speaking up. When something offended me, instead of saying that offends me and I don't want to do it that way, I would just be quiet and say, okay, let's just do it your way and just just keep the peace. But that's false peace. I was just keeping it all in. And what happens when you keep that in? You know what happens? Bitterness starts to happen. So this wall started coming up, this silent wall. And it wasn't just his fault, because I could blame everything on him, because he's the one that's outspoken. He's the one that's doing it. And not till I sat down and had it, that revealing in my own life did I know that I was part of the problem too. So I don't know where you might be. You might be the one that was like Jeff, more boisterous and, and all this, or you might be like me, the peacemaker, but you both play a role. And it was in that time that I found my voice. Now, when I found my voice, Woo! <laughs> Woo! years did everything. Now, when you find your voice and uh, there's no more peace for a little while, <laughs> you know, there's no more peace, but the wall started coming down yep. because you know what did it open up discussion. Now it's not just one sided relationship. It was two. Yep. And I can tell you after years of working on that, that wall coming down. It's so worth it. And here's the thing that you need to know is that Rhonda was, she was a peacemaker. So I was, you know, constantly, you know, doing, taking control of everything. And, and because she never said anything. So I thought I was doing the right thing. And I felt this wall up. I knew that, you know, again, I told you, she's the nicest, sweetest person you'll ever meet in your life. I mean, what you see is what you, she's it. I've been married to her 34 years and it hasn't changed. I mean, this is who she is. But yet, there was something I felt inside that was there that we couldn't connect. And so being the aggressive person that I was, you work harder, you just do more. And so I was doing more of the wrong things, which was making it worse, but I was doing all that I knew to do because I didn't know any better. Remember, I always say, you can't do better, be better till you know better. And it wasn't until she began to reveal her feelings say that when you do this, it makes me feel this way. And this, you know, you should begin to share with me. And that was the moment that that tension began to relieve. But I'm going to tell you something. Two people here. Our marriage was in trouble because there was no communication. Because our finances wasn't a mess. And because there was no dating. And most of all, 
there was no forgiving. Rhonda had to forgive me of a lot of all that, all those years of that wall going up. And it did not come down overnight. I wish I could say to you, no, we went to counseling and we had two sessions and boom, we're better. No, that helped us to know what to do. But it took a lot of time for that wall to come down. And I had to forgive Rhonda because I felt like every, all those years, all the blame and responsibility was on me because she let me carry the blame. And what I'm telling you is tough stuff, but once you do it, it begins to take everything down. I wanna say one more thing to you and we're gonna pray. We had an advantage over most people because both of us had a relationship with God. And the only reason that we're standing here right now today is because of Him. If it were not for God, neither one of us would be here because this is what happened. You know, we didn't use the words, the the words that are are so defeating to marriage because we didn't say, we never said to each other, I don't love you anymore. We never said that. We may have felt that way, but we never said it. And we never said, I want a divorce. We never said that. We may have felt it, but we didn't say it. And the reason that we didn't say it is I can't speak for you, but I can only speak for me because when I begin to have those thoughts, the Holy Spirit of God begin to speak to me and say, no, you don't, Jeff. When you enter this, you want to enter it for a lifetime. And that Rhonda's a good person. And I'm like, but God, yes, I don't know what's going, something's wrong. Jeff, don't you do it. And he would always speak that to me. And I'm assuming that he would speak stuff like that to you. Oh, yes. Without him, we were hopeless. Yep. We were hopeless. We knew that we, we loved God and we wanted this to, to work. So, I mean, it was, it was a heart's desire. But we just didn't have the tools. We just couldn't figure it out. Right. And I just want to let you know that there's a QR code in your, in your program with all, the list of all the, the counselors. And, but you, some, we just needed to help. Because yep. we were two people that loved God and loved each other, but we didn't know what was here. Yep. And we had to break that wall down for it to work. So I want to say this to you today. The best thing that I could ever do for you is introduce you to my Jesus. Because without him, there's a good chance you're not going to make it. Because he talks to your spouse and says what you can't say. So today, right now, if you're watching online or you're right now in this room, I want you to bow your heads with me. And we're going to pray this prayer, and it's called the prayer to become a Christ follower. And this is what you need today. Then you say, this is me, Lord, and you pray in your mind, dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I'm so, so sorry for what I've done wrong. Forgive me. Lord, I need you to save me. Lord, I need you to show me, reveal to me, oh God, what I can do to be better. Lord, in this relationship, oh God, help me. God, help my spouse. Reveal to us, oh God, what needs to be done. Not what I think, but what you know. So Father, I ask you that right now, Jesus, come into my life and save me. Amen and amen. Amen, everybody. Come on, let's give God a hand. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. 
We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.